And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? Hey, I'm. Before we start anything, I'm stoked that this is happening because I remember sending a message, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it happens more often than not. Some people are like, I, I just can't get on. Like, I just don't feel like this is where I want to be, or like, uh, I don't want to hear myself talk. But I'm glad that after a year of doing it, you were like, Yeah, let's jump on. Yeah, I'm a shy person. Hey, I'm I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it to draw you out of that shell. Mm-hmm. Um, so for before we start anything, before we do anything, it's early in the morning for both of us. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should still both be asleep. So to break it down, tell me about your favorite toy line that has ever come out. Uh, favorite toy line that has ever come out. Oh man, put me on the spot like that. <laughs> yeah, it'll wake you up. Uh, it'll break it down. Yeah, uh, dude, I don't know. There's so many cool toy lines out there. Yeah. Do you have I mean, a specific if you, toy in mind though? Well, I mean, if you asked me when I was a kid, it would have been Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Like every Christmas, birthday, anything, just please give me more Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Yeah, so can I ask you something about Ninja Turtles? Yeah, what's up? I was little, I got in trouble for trying to light something on fire, light a toy on fire. Mm. And on the back of a Ninja Turtle thing, mm. there was this box and it had a bunch of holes in it. And it seemed like now thinking back, it looks or it, it feels like it was a talk box or something or sound or something would come out of it. Mm. But I've never seen that toy since. Do you know what no. I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. At some point I'll try to find it. And like, cause it was, I remember walking, my mom walking in, I was like trying to burn something or do something. I don't know. I was a kid. Yeah, man. Kids. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, are you effing kid? Like what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. And I tried to play it off. Like, this is what the toy's made for. I don't know. Yeah. To play with. Yeah. So I'm just doing what it's doing. So Ninja Turtles it, right now, cause I've seen you search for some other toys, like those caveman toys I've seen you search for. Oh yeah. The Kenner Bone Age is a really cool line. I just like the scale of the um, little caveman. Yeah. And they had to do that because their like dinosaur bones were so big. You couldn't. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know how long that line lasted, but it was cool. Yeah, I saw you search for those, and I didn't even know that line existed until I saw you searching for them. I was like, oh, that's a dope line. I'll pick them up whenever I see them. Yeah, like the carded figures of Just the Caveman come with really cool illustrations for the card back, and the accessories are rad. It's just, it's cool, man. I I, I wish they would, some of these old toy lines, I wish they would have just made more of them (laughs) yeah oh yeah but yeah the bottom line is always the dollar so you know it's about selling and yeah yeah nacelle if you're listening that's the next ip you need to pick up kenner (laughs) bone age bone age yeah uh so before we start anything please introduce yourself we're talking toys all about you today oh for sure uh my name is matthew but i kind of go by mapaco um just a nickname and the main (laughs) moniker that I use at least for toys is slug toys is kind of just a space where I can be a toy enthusiast 
um, which encompasses everything from learning about toys, toy history, making toys, buying toys, selling toys, uh, just everything about it. I am really interested in the world of toys. It's an incredible world. There's so much magic in it. Yeah. I, you described yourself as a one-stop shop for toys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like history and learning and selling and buying. Like that's not many of us do all of them. Oh yeah. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to like do a bunch of educating like educating people mm. uh and my like research into toys isn't academic at all uh it's not like comprehensive like i just like learning it in the moment and in the flow little things come in that i i never knew and i just get excited about it because there's always so much more to learn yeah so i think with the the amount of toy lines that have come out through the 80s and 90s the -hmm. amount of knowledge that can be accumulated just about those toy lines is crazy it really is it really is like whole book i'm reading a book right now called toy monster Mm, cool and it's all about uh mattel and just Mm. the shysty stuff that they've done throughout their lifetime as a brand Mm -hmm. every page i turn i'm like well this brand kind of sucks i hate it (laughs) Mm-hmm. but yeah. so uh you make you are in charge of slug toys you run slug toys tell me where's that name come from uh uh banana slugs actually okay uh, from my like childhood experiences of uh yosemite national park yep uh we had a, a cabin there when i was young and at some point it burned down just the nature of things and uh so i spent some summers there. And then when I was in elementary school, uh, I got to do like more extended time in Yosemite and just really love like the banana slugs there and had a lot of special moments. Um, like saw a coyote pretty close and, uh, we learned about constellations at night. So part of the logo of slug toys, it kind of has a constellation feel. Okay. Uh, and so it's all from that that childhood time of spending time in Yosemite. I love that. That's a good transition because my next question is, I need to hear all about your childhood and your relationship with toys. Like, where did this affinity for for toys come from? Um, yeah, I think like most kids, I had toys yeah. and I played with them growing up. And definitely at some point I grew out of it. I don't even know when, like when did I not like stop being interested in Ninja Turtles? No clue. Yeah. And where all those toys went? No clue. Like I don't have a memory of a garage sale or anything where they were being sold or given away. They just disappear at some time, at some point, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So it wasn't until sort of in the last few years that like toys came back into my life and uh yeah sorry well (laughs) what else was in that question last few years how long have you been so let's say since you don't have the memory you take a break for a long period of time Mm -hmm. at what point do you pick toys back up Hmm. that's always a tough question because that's like that's a key memory for a lot of people. For me, it's like I all of a sudden I saw Suck Lord's work and I was like, I got to pick toys back mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it's funny because I, I I went to an art uh, art college. Yeah. And um, during that time, they had a, like a competition, like an art toy competition to like customize uh, like a kid robot blank. Mm-hmm. The money, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, you know drew up uh, my idea and design and but I didn't know anything about art toys yeah (laughs) and it was just kind of like oh this will be fun and like I was one of the people that won so by winning they give you the toy and you have to like customize it in how you designed it and Mm -hmm. so I did and it was really cool but that was kind of like that was it like I 
I think I even gave it away at the end, you know, like I didn't keep it. I, I didn't really understand this world of toys or vinyl toys or collectible toys. Yeah. Um, but honestly, what kickstarted it off? I, I almost have no clue. Like we bought this little dumb Toyota Yaris mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I think I need a toy Yoda for my my car to like live inside of it yep and so i remembered a friend my friend tony he he's got he had like a honda element and he had like a venom action figure in it and i thought Mm. that was cool so i was kind of just playing off that and uh and so i think i found like a toy yoda and then whenever i would be out and about in the world if i found another one i started like i was like oh i'll get another one (laughs) (laughs) and then another another one came and uh uh it was i think around that time too i was kind of in a place where i was just looking for inspiration and something to do and i don't know how i discovered like bootleg toys or custom toys but uh yeah i somehow went down a rabbit hole and uh something in me was like okay i think i want to learn how to do this yeah yeah. And I've seen your Yoda collection. How many are you up to at this point? Do you remember? Um, it's the same Yoda figure that it like goes back and forth in a pattern, right? Yeah, actually, I, yeah, I've stopped. I don't like collect every Yoda that I see. <laughs> <laughs> There's just this, uh, the Taco Bell Yoda from like the 90s. Whenever I find one of those, I'll grab it, especially yeah. if it's at a good price. Yeah, I like, I, I like it. And I, I've discovered in my toy journey that I like vinyl figures. Okay. You know, even vintage ones, uh, as well as the new ones and the Japanese ones, they just have a different feel to them. Um, I I really like them. Uh, I'm in Colorado and we have a lot of wind and it messes with the Wi-Fi pretty often. You're good. That's that's the most intense thing I've ever heard in my life. That wind just throws off all everyone's Wi-Fi. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So you you pick up toys and like you start collecting Yoda, which unlocks something great because then we have the birth of slug toys. At what point do you start doing slug toys after you start getting these Yodas and start getting back into toys? Is it pretty quickly? Um, yeah, I think when I was like looking at bootleg toys, I was starting in like the world of toys, I was starting to kind of like screenshot stuff that I like. And uh, there was one figure that, that I saw this guy make, I think he might be in Spain. I have to try to remember his name. Um, six foot Turkey. No, 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 no. It's it. He, uh, he made this Chester the Cheeto. Blanking on the name for the life of me here. I wish I could remember. I'm trying to pull it up, see if <laughs> see if I can find him. Oh, Zen Zen Toys. Okay. Yeah, just maybe he's not in Spain. Maybe it's Switzerland or something. But yeah, I don't know. It was just like. I was like, I, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want to do that, but in my own way. <laughs> Did you immediately get to work? Cause it, for me, there was a lag time of like trying to learn how to do all kinds of stuff. I thought mm-hmm. instead of just starting, which most people, I always encourage just start. doesn't matter what you do. I tried to accrue as much knowledge as I could. And it's mm. still, I just quickly learned like, there's no way to accrue it all. Mm-hmm. Like what was that starting for you? Like, yeah, I, I just started with something. Uh, I had an idea um, and I tried sculpting it and kind of looked up tutorials on how to resin cast and make molds. And like, so I tried getting the the correct materials and, yeah. but there's, yeah, like I said earlier, there's a huge learning curve at messed up so much (laughs) (laughs) the amount of money that if we pulled it together that toy artists have just flushed down the drain with all Mm -hmm. these mess ups we could fund a whole toy company i know yeah and that's the 
part of what it talks about just working on your own. Like, I don't necessarily want to be hired by a company, but there's so many of us independent artists that if somehow we were able to get together, we could make something bigger yeah. than what we're making on our own. Yeah. I've seen, uh, there's a couple people doing, um, man, it's bastards of the universe or the, of the multiverse, or I can't remember his name exactly, but there's a bunch of different 3d sculptors getting together and making toys. Like they're each taking a piece of the toy. Mm. It's pretty rad. Yeah, that's good. That's kind of, that's a little bit of what I was dreaming up. Um, so you're, this start is like 2019, 2020, correct? Um, yeah, I think 20, uh, I think, I think it was, uh, I like launched it officially on Black Friday, uh, 2019. Okay. Yeah. And then we went right into the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And so you start yeah. making, um, and as you start making, you like quickly are noticed by a lot of people, right? Like you just, I don't know if you noticed this, a lot of us noticed like, oh, this is just, we're going to start doing and following this guy. And it, it came out, it was awesome. Like you just started yeah. making crazy good stuff right away. Yeah. I mean, crazy good is, yeah. <laughs> like I, there's some stuff that I stole that is not so good, but yeah. you know, it's just, I looked at it as they were supporting me in this process of learning and got something cool out of it at the same time. Yeah. Something interesting. I had only heard like a little bit of people creating original characters when I first started because mm-hmm. um, I was very new to this. And then you created your own original character and mm. it was like something clicked in my brain like, oh, wait, we can do that. What, yeah. are we, what am I doing? You're talking about Coffee Bot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about Coffee Bot. Tell us where that was birthed from. What the heck's going on there? I mean, it's just, you know, it was just a sketch. And I was following someone that it seemed like Coffee Bot was similar to what they were already making. And I mm-hmm. showed him like the sketch and asked if he'd be interested. And he was so excited. He was like, I'm already on it. Like, and so he helped really take the wheels in like 3D designing it. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just uh, connecting with people, really. Yeah. Do we have inspiration behind that? It gives off a lot of Jetsons vibes and like parts of Star Wars vibes. Uh, yeah. yeah, like the whole 3.75 inch uh action figure movement you know it it exists in that realm um and yeah it just kind of shows my love for coffee that's all (laughs) (laughs) and then you you started as if that and like making your own character wasn't good enough you started this process of recycling plastic Mm. to start making stuff as well and mm-hmm. so like two heavy hitter things coming like what seemed like back to back. I know it was a long process of Yeah, it's a long process that's still going. Yeah. So yeah. what is why the recycled plastic? Why are you headed down that road road? Like what is that about? Um uh I think I was interested in the precious plastic project. Mm -hmm. um since they started pretty much um and kind of followed that and for years I wanted to like be a part and I kind of racked my brain on like well what the question is like what's worth making out of plastic since we have an abundance of it that has already been made and when I stumbled upon the world of toys and recognized how collectible and special they are like action figures um it just clicked i was like that's it that's what i can make out of plastic that you know is worth making Mm -hmm. worth like bringing into existence so uh i found a machine maker uh in portland and i had him build the plastic shredder and injection mold machine uh so i have those now and 
up up until now, after I've had them, all I've done is shred, collect and shred plastic. I haven't okay. made anything with it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, but you're like, that is inspiration because you're helping the planet while also still creating something that you know and love. Yeah. 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 I, I have a hard time with the waste and the the trash that we produce. Yeah. So I, I know nothing about this whole process, right? Mm-hmm. So um, w- as you're shredding it and all that stuff and you, mm-hmm. do you have to split into different colors and stuff, or is it just depending on what you want the toy to look like? Mm-hmm. Like what does all that look like? Yeah. If you want, if you want a, a toy to look a certain color or something, yeah, you just maybe shred a bunch of plastic that is already that color. Yeah. Cause you can't really control much of it. Right. Like you can't change the colors of it unless you paint it and, or mm. like, is it only certain plastics as well? Uh, yeah, definitely only certain plastics, um, thermoplastics, something that will, that can be melted down and reformed um, as opposed to plastics that like, if you shred it, it won't melt down. It'll just, you can keep shredding it into smaller and smaller bits, but it'll never like remelt. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know about coloring the plastic af- after the fact. I'm not separating the colors right now because mm-hmm. I'm still kind of in baby stage. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, I just throw what I collect in the shredder, uh, shred it down and uh i have it in buckets now like uh and you have to keep the same type of plastic with the same type of plastic so you've had to not only learn this whole process have people build it and all that but Mm -hmm. now like even learn like okay these this company makes this plastic these companies Mm -hmm. do this is it like are i mean because you haven't started yet is it just going to be trial and error from the beginning like right away? Mm, no, I, when I go to get a mold, like a metal mold made for the injection yeah. machine, you know, I will get someone who has education and experience in um, like 3D designing and sculpting um, injection molds okay. because there's a lot of specifics that need to happen. And really once once the design is made and it's sent to like a mold maker like a machinist um who can see and see the aluminum mm-hmm. then after that of just making it uh it it should work out because uh it's really just dependent on how, like how good the outcome is is dependent on how good your mold is so yeah. having a high quality mold you'll get a high quality product yeah mm-hmm. and it's used indefinitely correct like that mold doesn't wear out the aluminum i think has a shorter shelf life of existing than a steel mold okay but because i will be like injecting plastic with it's basically like a hand machine mm-hmm. and not industrial pressure i would imagine that the mold would last pretty indefinitely if taken care of yeah i you know i'm not injection molding is all new for me like i just don't know much about it um is that how the coffee bot was made injection molding uh no that was uh 3d printed in a resin yeah um, I know that like I've watched the craftsman and he has mm. a tabletop injection mm-hmm. holder and it's like the way that it does. And there's a part of it where he's like, the fumes are intense sometimes mm-hmm. when like when you're melting it. So mm-hmm. like, is that uh, exacerbated when you use recycled plastics? Because like whatever's on it and you got to clean it and all that stuff. Um, the shredding of the plastic doesn't really create any fumes, but yeah, when you're, when you're melting it back down, there will be fumes. So I I have the machines in a garage with doors and everything. So I can have ventilation there and, you know, wear a mask, a respirator. Um, it will create fumes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've, so because I I've looked around, are you one of the only toy artists that is doing the recycled plastic? Are you the mm. only one? No, uh, Greasy Creeps on okay. Instagram. Uh, he, he's been doing it for a while now. It's excellent. I love watching him like work in that way. Uh, he does some other things too, but, yeah. uh, it's, it's almost exactly what I want to do. Okay. What's yeah. your hopes for this? Like, what's your end goal for like this recycled plastic to make all of your toys out of this? No, okay. I, I want to do soft vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Are we talking, giant kaiju status where you're creating monsters and stuff um probably start small okay you know um but yeah i want to do injection mold toys yeah and then also um soft vinyl toys as well which i think feeds into what you collect as well right like there is man you'll have to help me i've seen you buy his work before um is it apos toys Mm -hmm. yeah he's in japan and he like are those vinyl toys yeah so fubi yeah so they are intense uh it's like the it looks like a ewok bear looking thing uh (laughs) and i love it i've uh sent him messages about how cool it is and so does wanting to go into soft vinyl wanting to go into that does that kind of like direct what you collect and where you're headed in that as well um yeah i would i guess so i think it's just what i'm interested in yeah um i yeah i'm an avid like thrifter and flea market uh garage sales i'm always looking for toys and i like just getting hands-on with them Mm -hmm. and just like the tactile like seeing the colors and what they're made of and how it moves or how it doesn't move. And, uh, you know, so a lot of it comes and a lot of it goes. Um, and you know, what I'm interested in is always kind of shifting, but I, I definitely like the soft vinyl toys. And we can't just bypass the, like the thrift store. You have some of the best thrift store finds that I've ever, like you pull in, star wars and a lot of stuff and then you made claim sales Mm -hmm. so what was your thought process in creating a whole page of just i'm finding all these toys let's get them out to as many people as possible yeah i mean so i liked going to the thrift store and finding like you know random bags of toys and there might be like one toy in the bag that I'm interested in, but mm. then I have all these other toys yeah. <laughs> that I'm not interested in. And so I've redonated pretty much most of like what what's left over in the bags. Yeah. But some I think are cool, but I don't necessarily need them. And I think someone else might want them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I participated in some other claim sales on Instagram and it was kind of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I started doing some, there were a couple that were just on the slug toys page, but I didn't really want my feed to just be that and to blow up other people's feeds. So I don't want people unfollowing me <laughs> because yeah. I'm just posting all these toys for sale. So I made a separate account for that um, so that I can continue doing that. And it helps me continue to go out and keep looking for toys as well. Yeah. Cause it funds what's, what's cool is uh, it like funds finding those goodwill or thrift store finds. Sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I almost sell it at the same price that I found it at, you know, it's sometimes it's more about the fun of doing it and I don't make much of a profit, but you know, sometimes there's a little bit of profit at this point. It just all goes back into gas money (laughs) well there you go yeah um and then we you created another toy that was most interesting to me out of everything you've created Hmm. i because i was so shocked at like the take on it the 375 sarlacc oh yeah i i definitely had that was a a, an idea i had a long time ago (laughs) and i had never 
Uh, I mean, what was so weird and interesting about it for me is like, I had never, ever thought like, what if you turned it into mm-hmm. like its own? So mm-hmm. walk me through that. Where, where's that idea coming from? Are you just doodling one day and all of a sudden you're like, oh, Sarlacc pit. Um, yeah. So I definitely love Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have really fond memories of watching the original trilogy when I was young and uh, and I think that's for a lot of people who love Star Wars, you know, there's a love that comes from that childhood experience. Um, and, you know, when I started making toys, you know, I'm kind of coming up or thinking about ideas of like what I could make. And the idea of turning a Sarlacc creature into like a 3.75 figure, that was intriguing to me. Yeah. <laughs> And it kind of sat on the table for a while. And I I actually thought I could sculpt it myself, but I definitely have a lot of um, blocks in from like idea into making mm-hmm. happen. Uh, so that's why I reached out to someone who I thought would be excited about it and interested. And uh, that was Miguel from uh, Kingdom of Spiders. Yeah, and he did an amazing sculpt um, for the Sarlacc, and then when it was done, he shipped it to me, and I, you know, I molded it up and cast and paint. What's cool about, or what's I don't know how to describe it. My one of my favorite things about you as a creator is not only did you sculpt and paint, but then it was like who else wants this so that you can like paint it up yourself or who else wants that? Like you immediately tried to get it out to people. Yeah. I've done along the lines of that is, is community building. I've been trying to like build community in, in the toy community. And so sometimes that included, you know, doing giveaways because I know not everyone has like the financial resources to, buy one of these figures but they're cool figures and they might want one so there was that and um yeah things like making weird figures and sending it out for people to paint um is part of that just community building um and that's also why i did that um put together that toy show the first one Mm -hmm. oh we're for sure going there okay yeah um one of my dreams for the sarlacc figure Mm-hmm. This is, and I'm hoping that it's also your dream. If not, I'm help. I'm willing to help make it happen. Is making a giant one, and then burying it. Yeah, and then right. Having a Boba Fett figure like in it, and you can like reenact it, and then like pulling it out of the ground to show like how big it is. That's funny. I feel like that is the ultimate goal in my head of like, oh, we need to get that 3D printed massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that is part of the. The issue, the issue with making something big is what to make it out of. Yeah. Yeah. 3D print. Yeah. So Sarlacc would probably need to be 3D scanned and then, you know, blown up and 3D printed that way. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I have it in me to do that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hey, if that's, maybe we'll talk in messages and maybe we can get that going. Uh, I will say what is coming for the Sarlacc figure is an amazing amazing card back okay yeah it's our it's pretty much done it's just i have a lot to do right now just in life and <laughs> yeah so it it'll come when it comes so you brought up uh, a little snippet the toy show you've now run two toy shows mm-hmm. and it seems like they're because they're not the typical toy shows but you are doing what you're saying like by building community Mm -hmm. right and so it's it's an interesting Mm -hmm. dynamic that we don't see often so Mm -hmm. run us through because the first one i've been a part of both now the ikea yes you have (laughs) yep ikea show and uh the miniature show the mini what was the tiny toys right uh yeah honey i shrunk the toys there we go a tiny toy show um and so run us through the Ikea one first and the idea behind it mm-hmm. and maybe even your love for Ikea. 
Right. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in the lines of community building, I wanted to do something and I thought I could do, I have it in me to make uh, an online toy show because I don't live anywhere where I could really hold a toy show in person with mm -hmm. enough people to go to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and was it 2020 that it happened? The Ikea? I think it, I think it was yeah, um, mid pandemic. It seems like. And, yeah. And I think, I think also why it was online is because the pandemic and nobody could go anywhere. Um, so yeah, I think the thing about making or putting together a toy show is coming up with a, uh, an idea that is fun mm -hmm. and like inspires someone to just make something. Um, yeah. And so making things around Ikea was, is pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot there that you could draw from. Um, and yeah, that show turned out amazing. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. The work that was made was incredible artists from around the world sent their pieces in and ultimately it was a, a success although I kind of had <laughs> a failure in that I the premise was I was trying to stimulate myself to make more work so with the artists we did a trade mm -hmm. I let the artist pick a work that that I've made and I would send it to them and they would make a piece for the show and send it to me. And I wasn't going to sell the work, but at the, after the show went live, I just had all this, all these toys, these yeah. Ikea bootleg toys. And I, and I put so much work into it. I don't know. I, so, and, and some artists reached out and said, you can sell, you know, their piece. And so I sold some work and then there was just so much going on. I sold some work from artists that didn't want me to sell their work. So okay. there was like, and I felt bad because that it was all supposed to be, you know, in good fun. Yeah. So the next toy show, I wanted to find a way to do it where everyone was happy and nobody was upset. Uh, so on that one, you know, the artists could sell their work for whatever they want. And then I'll, I'll put in the shipping and handling stuff at the end. And mm. so, so for this recent one, it, it was a total success. The work was really, really good. More artists participate, uh, even more international artists participate. Um, and then the, a lot of work sold and the artists got paid everyone's uh, happy yeah I mean what was so fun or what it I mean I'm fun it doesn't sound as fun for you because you're having to set up so much and like do all that but like what was cool being in the beginning I still hadn't figured out how to make toys I was still just designing or adding things to blisters or trying to figure out what I wanted to do and so when this came around um I was so new to toy making that seeing my work up and then seeing all these artists, like I, I had no idea how big this scene was. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, after it, like, it's like interview after interview, I've come up and these people are like, Hey, I was in that show with you. And I had no idea. Like that was, that's cool. I mean, and then they, they'll talk about it and I remember their pieces or I remember whatever they did. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's cool. I, I love yeah. that part. The bootleg toy scene is kind of small. It seems so. It does seem small in the grand scheme of things. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this is the smallest or art form or something. But it's growing at a ridiculous rate. Like, there's always all these new accounts that are coming in. Like, oh, I mm -hmm. want to start making toys. Mm -hmm. I think what makes it seem so small is one or two of them do it full time. The rest of us are like, we're hustling. 
Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's what makes it seem incredibly small. But it was cool to see like all this work up. And then with the tiny toy, like Honey, I Shrunk the Toys, um, that was let me let me say my favorite part about that show isn't even the artwork it's the little diorama that you created that the artwork <laughs> sits on because it made and then some of the pictures made it look like they were full scale artworks mm-hmm. and so i couldn't i would see the picture and it was like that doesn't belong in the show like it's a full scale i don't understand what's happening but then i realized like oh you built that miniature so that was cool so what made you decide to do that as well and then what pushed you initially towards this honey i shrunk because i think we had talked a long time ago that this was in the works yeah but we the toy show i was thinking of like maybe a year ago had a different theme Mm -hmm. um and the theme was cool but it didn't it wasn't the right one it has to really like a theme for the toy show you just want to you just want to make something for it it has to be good um and tiny toys everyone loves miniature things it's Mm -hmm. easy it's so like make something that might be that you already know life size or something make it small and it's you know it's cute (laughs) yeah um but yeah with with all the work being small that gave me the opportunity yeah to build a small space for it to be documented mm-hmm. yeah and it worked well and um i don't know and like you stored all of this i think the part of the shows that we don't always see is not only did you get all the work mm-hmm. but you might still have some of the work mm-hmm. you're selling it up you're doing all the shipping and all that storing all the work like there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that oh it's a ton of work yeah so <laughs> what makes you want to do that oh it's fun it's really fun uh and it's exciting um but yeah the the great thing about the tiny toy show is that all the toys are tiny Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it's it's cheaper for the artists what it's like one box that stores it all yeah yeah Yeah. so it's it's cheaper for the artists to ship their work Mm -hmm. and then it's cheaper for me also to ship out the work um and then storing it, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't take up too much space. Yeah. So those are all pluses. Yeah. I what was funny is as it was getting, we were getting ready to do it. Um uh Dakin from New Zealand was like, I need to get my piece out now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Man, you are so into this theme that you're trying to get this toy here immediately. And it mm-hmm. arrived and everything, which was cool. Yeah, his toy was great too. It looked like it would take a lot of work, yeah, and a lot of time. Uh, he put a lot of effort into it. Um, so yeah, I don't know how he got it to me so quick. <laughs> yeah, and I like, are you plugged? Maybe the next set of like, are you plugged into all these international artists, or when you host this, do they immediately reach out and say like, yeah, I want to do this? Um, a lot of people I'm already following, and maybe I have a. a a small relationship with um but yeah the fun thing about uh putting out like a call call for artists for a show is you you get to like learn and meet new artists uh people that are interested in participating um so it's a little bit of both yeah are you working on or is there another toy show in the works um I, I'm not working on another toy show, but it's been so much fun that there will definitely be another one. Yeah. <laughs> I would Even... love to have have it live in person and not just okay. digitally, but, you know, if it has to be online, that that seems to work too. Yeah. How would you, if you could structure it the way that you would want, like to your ideal location and all those things how would you structure a toy show would you try to like have people come in or still only send in the work we interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this meanwhile in a galaxy of bootleg treasures dov2 we have an engine failure we must crash land on dke toy planet oh my we're doomed 
Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DLP2! Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Um, I think finding a gallery in a cool spot and having artists send in their work to me yeah. and then putting up the show for a month, like a normal art show. Yeah. Um, that would be pretty cool. <clears throat> but the, the way I did it for this last one actually worked out amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I could see it like, I could see us doing it a different way. Like maybe all the artists make who want to participate, make work and take good photos themselves and don't send in the work. Mm. Um, and I know there's been some art shows that are like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about, I mean, we're just in such a weird spot, right? Like we're in this post almost post pandemic era. So it's, but we found out very quickly that you could do so much online. Mm-hmm. So it's like, most of the shows have come back, but then there's still some that are online that are really fun. Like that one was fun. Toys Our Guts had one that was really fun. And we're just realizing still that like online can be done super well. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there's almost a uniqueness that once everyone goes back, you're still doing it online. Like that's so enticing because mm. it, it sees way more eyes than some of the in-person ones. Yeah, I think the question I ask myself is is how to make it good. Yeah. You know? And and I think you can answer that in different ways. Um what is a good so that's if we could pause there, what does it mean to make it good? Like how what is your thing mm-hmm. that charts that? Uh level of excitement. <laughs> okay. So am I excited about it? Are you excited about it? Is someone who doesn't make toys but likes looking at them? Are they excited about it? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of factors, but it, I, I want to be excited. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I mean, excitement yeah. seems like a really ha- hard thing to track, but I think online when people start posting about it and my feed mm-hmm. is filled with tiny toys, that's mm-hmm. always super fun to see. Yeah, yeah. So as you have progressed in toys, we're coming mm-hmm. up on uh, year three of you being I know. in toys, which is crazy. Time has passed like super fast. Um, what is next for Slug Toys? Where are you headed? <sighs> yeah, I th- I think I'm going to do just some like small releases here and there of things that excite me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I have a bunch of soft vinyl pieces from uh, the sleeping naps mm-hmm. and I'm going to do like, uh, I'm going to paint them all. I have some nice, um, soft vinyl paint. And so I'm going to paint them all and just, you know, uh, and do a, do a drop of those. Um, and it's just me practicing how to paint vinyl. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, working on molds for the injection mold machine and, as well as a sculpt or two for a soft vinyl production. So you, no small amount of things coming out. Like that's a lot to be working on. Yeah. Sometimes I, I have too many projects and I yeah. don't, I don't get very far on stuff because m- my mind wants to do a lot. <laughs> yeah. Does it become, um, I struggle with this at some point or at some level does it become overwhelming because you have so many thoughts about different toys you want to do? Um, yeah, it's easy to get overwhelmed, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about the world of toys and I, it's just all I think about. So (laughs) in the end, it's okay. And I, I think I have enough tools and resources that if I become overwhelmed, I can, I can manage it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad that it's manageable and that you're able to knock it out of the park. Uh, Mm -hmm. As we close this, the last 
part of the podcast for me, my favorite part. Uh, I talk about every week because it is truly my favorite part. Plug everything that you're doing, what you got going on. If you're in other interviews, if you have a podcast, like everything that is about you, plug everything where we can find you. Um, yeah. So mainly on Instagram at Slug Toys. <laughs> I have a website that is uh, slugtoys.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's on there right now is the remaining pieces for sale from the tiny toy show, uh, which will change soon, I'm sure. Um, I have my toy claims account <laughs> on Instagram, uh, which is uh, at toy claims, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, at toy claims. And then the tiny toy show, it has its own page on Instagram at tiny toy gallery. Too many things. Yeah. And if people want (laughs) to get in touch and do customs collaborations or anything, a quick message to you, it'll do it. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, I'm always open uh, and trying to build community. Yeah. Um, So if someone has questions or like, if they want, if they have an idea for a project, you know, like I'll know if I have the capacity to be a part or if I don't, I probably know someone who does that type of work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So networking, you know, it's, it's kind of lame, but <laughs> it happens. Love it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks buddy. Toys on tap. Toys on tap. Next episode. Next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're gonna want to listen to it. It's not right now though. You're gonna have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on tap. Toys on tap. The next one's gonna be good too. So stay tuned and and, and listen to that. Toys on tap. Awesome.